0: This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio. I mean, we did a lot of good things in the first period, you know. Then the second period,
1: the momentum kind of swung away, and with all the penalties and
0: uh, power plays and whatever it is, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. You, they uh, they hung around and. No, we, uh, we didn't find a way to get one in that, on a power play near the
1: end. You know, the way you played playing the first is, is to the where they have to play for six minutes and kind of got away from it. Second period, you know, a lot of penalties, so the rhythm wasn't really there. And, you know, we, uh, we had some good looks, but uh, you know, a couple of posts and, you know, had some chances, but not the end of the day. Uh, so it's, it's a lost point for us, but, uh, you know, better effort than we had last night.
0: When you're kind of having your way in the game for the first half of it, And all of a sudden, you know, you're letting the other team hang around. This is the National Hockey League, man. They're going to, the other team's trying too. And they're, even though they may be outside of a playoff spot, they're all fighting for job. They're trying to win too. And so I think the mental side of things got the best of us tonight. There's no doubt about
1: that. They're trying to win too. Yes, they were. There are reasons why the Sharks were able to get an extra point in overtime. We're going to discuss that here on the show. I am Greg Linnelli, along with Dave Michigan. Steve Versnick's our producer. I've got to say probably one of the more disappointing losses for Tampa Bay this season. Factors all play into it. I understand that. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, coming off of the loss they did to the Panthers, I think we were all anticipating a better game. I mean, quite frankly, a game the Lightning were going to win. I think I feel comfortable saying that. It's not a disrespect to the Sharks; it's just reality of sports and and talent level. But was this a special teams game? Yes. Did this end <laughs> up being a missed opportunity, partner? Yes. From that standpoint, because I thought the Lightning did a lot of good things, clearly in the first period. And after that, you know, it didn't do much with special teams. And maybe the Sharks gained some momentum from that.
0: Yes, to all of the above, Greg. I like your word disappointing. I think that Coop used that word, too. But the disappointing part was the result, I think, more than the quote-unquote process. Because in that same press conference, Coop said that he really liked the response. I think that was the question right out of the gate. What did you think of the response following the the blowout loss in Florida? And he said, I loved our response. If the Lightning and Sharks played that game 10 times, maybe the Lightning don't win nine, but I think they win more than half. They did a lot of good things, as Corey Perry said. But they... Did not do well on special teams. That was definitely a, a big swing. They were a little unlucky and snakebitten, which that's hockey sometimes. And the Sharks were very opportunistic. So that's how you get a result in a game in which kind of the metrics tilted really heavily in one direction. I mean, shot attempts, Greg, were 81 to 40 lightning. And the Sharks had three in overtime, and the Lightning didn't have any. So through 60 minutes, the attempts were 81 to 37. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Now, that doesn't tell you the whole story, because what are you doing with those attempts? <laughs> you know, are you shooting a puck into a, a wall of shot blockers? The Lightning had a lot of shots blocked last night. 27 blocks the Sharks had. Victor Hedman had nine shot attempts blocked. I want to get to that, by the way. Because while he had nine shot attempts blocked, Victor Hedman had 17 shot attempts in the game, which I like. I I like that, even though that seems really, really high. Yeah, (laughs) nine were blocked and four missed the net. Yeah, yeah. Only four of his 17 attempts reached the net. But the fact that he was looking to shoot, I think, is a positive sign. We can get to that later. But. I would actually differ a little bit with some of the clips. And look, this is one person's opinion. They were on the ice talking about the clips we heard at the start from Perry and Hedman. And what we heard from both of them was they didn't keep doing what they were doing in the first period for the rest of the game. And at least from the press box, I don't totally agree with that. The second period was very heavily affected by special teams play. There were five power plays between the teams, the Sharks scored on the fifth of those power plays. Their third opportunity, they scored five seconds in, but the other four power plays were unsuccessful. So those are eight minutes. So eight minutes and five seconds in the second period were spent on special teams, which is a lot. There weren't nearly as, as many power plays in the first and the third. So the, the frequency of the power plays did affect flow. I think the Lightning did lose a little bite to their game from the first to the second because they weren't doing enough on their power plays. But look at the third period. I mean, the third period after the Sharks tied the game, which they did fairly early in the third at the three oh eight mark, I thought the lightning pretty much took over the game with one big exception. That was the Timo Meyer breakaway with just over a minute to go, which was a huge bullet dodged. I mean, that was an inexcusable breakdown at that point in the game, and they got very lucky that Meyer, who is their top goal scorer and probably most talented offensive player at forward, Carlson, I think, is their most talented offensive player, period, but Meyer can certainly score, and he scored twice last night. You let that guy get the breakaway, right? And fortunately, he put it off the top of the crossbar, and Coop referenced that. He's like, on the one hand, you know, it's disappointing that we didn't get the win. On the other hand, I'm looking at it that we gave up a breakaway late third, so at least we got a point out of it. But in between the Sharks' tying goal and the Meyer breakaway, I mean, the Lightning basically dominated play, And they had lots of chances. Kakinen was very good in the third period. Point hit the post again. He had two posts in the game. But the one in the third period, that would have been a highlight real goal. Just barely missed. So, again, like, what are we looking at? Are we looking at the result? Or are we looking at the process? The process wasn't perfect. The Lightning had some, some isolated mistakes. And Elliott was asked to make some big saves. They had some isolated mistakes that led to goals, no doubt. And they didn't do well in special teams. I know they got a power play goal, but going one for six on the power play when the other team goes two for three meant that you lost the special teams battle. That part of it was a negative for the Lightning, but as a whole, I thought they played well. Like I'd like to see them play that way tomorrow against Colorado. And I think if they do, five on five anyway, they'll have a very good opportunity to, to come out on top. And, and at the end of the day, if we're talking about the result, they did get a point, right? So that's another point in, in their bank account. They finished their 10-game segment with 13 points, so they added a bonus point, another bonus point to their total. They now have six bonus points heading into this next 10-game segment.
1: I think where I look at this game, and I agree with a lot of the points you made, if you feel like the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be fine and that this was just a blip on the radar— picking up that extra point, that's basically what you care about. In addition to some of the good things they did, you feel pretty good that they're not going to let something like this happen too much when the games really matter, which is in the playoffs. But if you fall into the camp that, all right, you're starting to see maybe a few things that pop up that maybe we haven't seen in the last couple of years, maybe turnovers at, at the wrong times, maybe not bringing... Your best effort for the whole game. You hear that narrative a lot from fans and to a lesser extent coaches. Then you think, all right, what's going on here? This was disturbing because you had a bad effort against the Panthers, you had an inferior team against the Sharks, and you can talk about process all you want, but the reality is they let another valuable point slip away. I think some of that is true. I'm I'm just a little shocked that they lost the game last night. I I don't know how else to phrase it. And the special teams let them down. I think it's the way they went about the special teams, Dave, that had a lot of people scratching their heads. Especially, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about the power play where how many consecutive power play opportunities did they get without getting a shot on goal?
0: Yeah, the last four I mean, that's, now, hard. that's hard to do. I understand that. But it, as Coop mentioned, it's true. But they had some really close calls in there sure. that didn't count as shots. Point hit the post on the power play. That is true. Kucherov missed the net on one that he probably finishes most of the time. And Colton, I think Coop said he scores that 9 out of 10 times. Where it was across his feed, it was an open net, he put it over the net. He did. So, look, those don't count as shots on net. But it's not like the Lightning didn't have any looks. Right. I think that the Sharks have a good penalty kill. So we have to acknowledge that there is another team out on the ice and the Sharks have had a bad season, but they've had a good year killing penalties and they showed it. This game wasn't quite as severe as the Ottawa game earlier this year. Remember that was the game where the Lightning they gave up a 5 on 3 shorthanded goal I think they went like one for nine on the power play and they ended up winning the game but it looked very ugly at times sometimes when your power play is off kilter a little bit you almost want to decline the the power plays right (laughs) I mean even the goal they scored wasn't a conventional power play goal it was off the rush it's not like they had it set up in the offensive zone worked it around and 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 scored that way so, I'm not sure their power play really ever got completely in sync, and some of the credit goes to San Jose. the The lightning struggled in the circle, which affected them. They struggled in the circle specifically when they were on the power play. They went four and eight on power play faceoffs, and a lot of those faceoffs that they lost were at the start of the power play where the puck went down the ice, and then they were scrambling to try and get it back in. That's one reason why the Sharks are a very good penalty kill team. When they have a chance to get it down the ice, they do it. We saw that last night. And they make it hard on you to re-enter the zone. We saw that last night. So I think the Lightning's inability to do much on the power play did have a huge effect on how that game unfolded. But, like, you're kind of – I think what you're saying is, can we read anything from last night's game that might be, like, a troubling sign you have a 3-1 lead you don't get the win that is disappointing I'm not I'm not discounting that it was a very disappointing loss against a non-playoff team when they have really tough games upcoming including a tough road trip on the horizon that that starts this weekend they wanted to get the job done last night against a team that is a country mile out of the playoffs and they didn't that is disappointing But are we going to read anything into last night's game as kind of the tea leaves telling us, well, their game is is a little off? I thought their game was off last night from the standpoint that their power play let them down. But their power play was going up against a very good penalty kill team, too. That's my point. Their penalty kill let them down. They allowed two goals. But let's be honest, Greg. Like, those were two weird goals. Right off face offs so they let Carlson walk in on the first one. That was inexcusable. that's the one guy, certainly who can shoot the puck straight in from distance that the sharks have, and you gave him all kinds of room to make a play. The second one was bad luck like it's a it's like a rugby scrum that's how I described it to Phil after the goal was scored. No one could get a handle on it. It turns into a'. Crazy scramble play off the faceoff, and Barabanov gets it, and Meyer's open in front. I asked Phil after the game, like, should there have been somebody there on Meyer? He's like, you can't be there on Meyer. You're battling for the puck. It was just a weird play. So those were two of the three Sharks goals in regulation. The other one was a seeing-eye shot that hit off Belmar's stick, then hit off their guy in front, and went right into the top of the net. It was a seeing-eye shot. It came after the Lightning turned the puck over in their own end, and they did have a few of those last night. But they had far fewer than they had against the Panthers on Monday. So I guess I didn't really feel this way necessarily until we got on the air today, Greg. I guess I'm kind of digging in as I'm saying this. And I'm not making too big of a deal about the results. Because I think they did more good than not good last night. I think the areas where they struggled had something to do with the opponent. Also had something to do just with the, the the way the game went. Like, they were a little off. They missed on some chances that they, they might otherwise have put in, especially on the power play. And I just don't think that we'll see a game, if it's exactly played the way that it was last night, up 3-1, we're not going to see that very often. That was the first game all year. The Lightning have lost in any variety, regulation or an overtime or the shootout, when they had a lead after the first period. So it's not like they're in the habit of blowing 3-1 leads after one. In fact, they hadn't blown a lead at all this year that that cost them any points in the standings when they had a lead going into the second. So I'm going to go with the vast majority of the games so far this year. Now, you've lost two in a row. You got a point you got Colorado coming in tomorrow. The Lightning have managed to avoid, we'll call it, three-game winless skids all year. Let's see if they can do it again. They don't like losing. But if we are going to try and, like, dissect this game, I'm going to tell you that this game was way, way, way better than how they played on Monday in Florida. And I don't think anybody watched the game could disagree with that. Right. But I hear what you're saying. Look, you wake up this morning, you're like, I can't believe they lost that game, right?
1: Yeah, it's. Am I going to lose sleep over this loss? No, you know where I feel about where I come down on a lot of these games in the regular season. I, I, there's not going to be a ton of panic. I, I'm just, I'm surprised they lost. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. And yeah, maybe the way they went about losing, where you felt like they were basically in control of the game well, for the most part if I they think had that's gotten a what...
0: fourth goal at 3-1 I, look i don't like making predictions and there was a lot of hockey still to be played and we've seen the lightning have some hiccups when they've had leads in the third period where games have gotten a little closer to me if that game becomes 4-1 at any point it is lights out it is game over i don't see the sharks finding a way back into the game based on how little possession time they had but by hook or by crook. Like Corey Perry said it, they hung around, right? They hung around. They kept it 3-1. Sorelli missed on a breakaway yeah. point off the post. The the missed shots from Kucherov and Colton on the power play. And then, you know, they get a power play and a weird sequence off a face-off and boom, it's 3-2. And then the other play that, that was very significant, I mean, it was the right call. But getting that Ghost goal taken off the board yeah. was also big. So, look, it was offside. But did Point gain an advantage from being offside? I mean, it was like he missed the puck with his skate. If he connects with his skate, he's onside. Right. And he still got the puck anyway. So it was off. The goal shouldn't have counted. But it's not like he he was able to make the play because he was offside. Sure, He made the play. And at the same time, he happened to be offside. But if it's onside, like the goal could have been scored and been onside is what I'm saying. If that goal stands, I'm not sure it's lights out, but that's a huge response for the Lightning. Well, that, w- that would have made and it 4 And that what, goal 4-2? got taken off the board. That would have made it 4-2. Yeah. What, 38 seconds after the Meyer goal made, yeah. it, th- made it 3-2. It's interesting. It had – last night had some of those ingredients
1: where – you could look back and say, you know what, you didn't take advantage of the opportunities. You had some things go against you. And the other team hung around, mm-hmm. and that's how they were able to come out with a W. Because Lightning didn't take advantage of the power play, which would have built on their lead. And you're right, that disallowed goal. I mean, you you those are moments you look back at and you say, okay, those those were missed opportunities, and they were. Yeah. And you move on. Am I? Uh, or are you worried about this team moving forward? No. It's just more of an observation
0: with what we saw last night that was unusual. And if we're going to quibble on face-offs, I mean, the Lightning since December have been very, very good on face-offs. Yeah. Like, and they, they did win the face-off the top half. overall last night. They, they did. I thought they yeah. lost some key ones, though, in the special yeah. teams' losses, particularly when— they were on the power play, and the two they lost when they were on the penalty kill that led directly to goals, those were big. Actually, I don't even know if they were given credit for a face-off win in the Meyer goal. It was just a weird play. No one can get a handle on the puck. But, like, that is not really a systemic problem at this point. Maybe at the start of the year when we were talking about it, when they were near the bottom of the league in faceoff percentage, now they're in the top half. And Stamp goes specifically... He went 11 and five last night, nearly 70 percent in that small sample size. But since December, he's up close to 60 percent mm. on draws. So I'm not going to look at last night's game and say, "Oh, they have this big problem winning faceoffs." Last night they did important faceoffs. They also lost the faceoff to start overtime, and as a result, right. at least that that led to the Sharks gaining possession right off the bat, and they barely lost the puck the whole overtime. So that faceoff was an important one. So they lost some, some significant ones last night. But I don't think that that's an issue that we would worry about necessarily moving forward. And for the most part, their penalty kill has been quite good. I saw a stat that in their 12-game, actually going back to the beginning of December, so that actually predates their 12-game home winning streak because they lost to Detroit. In December, and then they had won the game before that against Toronto at home. They would allowed only three opposition power play goals since the beginning of December on home ice. Right. More on the road. They've had a problem on the road. But at home, they'd only allowed three opposition power play goals in what? 14 games at home. So they gave up two last night. But are we going to say that that's like some troubling trend? I don't think so. Not at this point. Now, the one thing that is concerning, the Nick Paul injury. Because Coop was very terse after the game. He was asked, do you have an update? No. So, often we'll say, yeah, you know, he should be okay. Like, we've heard him say that, right? So, maybe he doesn't have an update. But that would be be a significant loss. That would be a big deal. Yeah, Yeah, that would be a big deal. Because
1: now you're talking about injuries and depth and a player who has been really a force for the Lightning since he came over in the trade. I don't have to tell you guys that, but it's, these, are, these are things you can't account for that oftentimes can determine how a series or how a game is played out. I mean, how often did we reference Braden Point not really being healthy for the Stanley Cup Finals, Dave? I mean, just watch what he did last night. And when he had his legs going, maybe Connor McDavid is faster than him a little bit. But, I, I mean, was that one of the best skating performances you've yeah. seen from Braden Point last night? I mean, he was he,
0: was he was the best player on the ice. I know Carlson yeah. finished with three points, and Timo Meyer had, had three points, including the game winner. And they should have been the, the top two stars. But Braden Point was—it wasn't even close, Greg. He was the best player on the ice last night. He could have had four goals. He came in with 196 goals. He could have reached 200 last night. As it is, he's at 198, and that's not even including yeah. his tremendous assist on the Stampko's goal that right. got taken off the board. He was just dynamite, and yeah,
1: when you see a performance like that, you want to have him continue that. And uh, boy, he's he's just a he's a fantastic player, and. I think if you were to sit here and tell me top ten, top fifteen forward in the game today, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find um, other players uh, beyond that ten that are better than Braden Point. It's a shame. I, I know we, we Phil was a little upset. He got into a fight mm-hmm. uh, and took himself out. Phil might have been the only minutes.
0: one I, because I, I, heard I, a know, lot I was of talking to cheap. Positive, about this. Yeah, positive comments. Well, about Well, and
1: here's the thing about this. So we talk about officiating. Whatever it is, wherever you come down, that's fine. But that was an, an instance where the Sharks player was just not allowing Braden Point to get up. Mm-hmm. What do you want the guy to do if you're not going to call the penalty? Like, If you're the official, step in before a fight begins and be like, break it up. You've got to give him some room to get up. If not, you're going to the penalty box. Instead, they didn't happen. What do you want
0: him to do? Well... He took matters into his own hand. And he's done that before. Yeah. Look, I don't don't think the Lightning can complain about the officiating last night, though. They were given six power play opportunities. Right. Fans were were grumbling late third when Sorelli was pushed into the boards. Yeah. Phil actually said on the air he didn't think it was a penalty. But at that point, I mean, the Lightning had, had plenty of opportunities on the power play. To put the game away. They had the Sharks on the ropes, Greg. And you want to say they let them off the ropes? I mean, part of it was San Jose did a great job killing the penalties. But they just couldn't couldn't finish them off. And I'll go back to what I said earlier. A fourth goal when it was 3-1, I think, would have effectively ended the game. That's pretty bold for me to say because I don't often like making those sorts of predictions when you still have more than a period of hockey to be played, but just the way the Sharks looked, they didn't have much going. They didn't really get much going the whole game. They just popped in a couple of power play goals and had a seeing-eye shot go in. That worked to their advantage because they hung around. Right. I get it. If the Lightning hold the other team... And we're including overtime here where they had one shot in overtime. So let's forget overtime. If they hold the other team through three periods to 21 shots on net and 37 total shot attempts, they're going to win way, way more than they lose. Asking the Sharks to find a fourth goal, had the Lightning made it 4-1 or even 4-2, if the Stamkos goal had been allowed to stand, that would have been tough. Based on the volume of shots and attempts that they had, I would just say they didn't have many. And the opposite is also true. The Lightning put 37 shots on net and 81 attempts. I think most games, when they have 81 attempts, they'll actually score more than three. Didn't happen last night.
1: It didn't. Hit us up on Twitter at Bolts Radio if you want to break it all down for us. You can. We've got some questions starting to roll in. Anything else you want to address from that game? No, let's get to the questions. We get into, Al says, yeah. "When is it going to stop? Giveaways over passing instead of shooting, missing in the net. They must have had ninety attempts and only
0: thirty-seven shots on goal. Not a great percentage." Well, part of that was the Sharks blocked a lot of shots. What Phil would say, so Phil would agree with Al. Phil feels that they pass up shots. Phil also feels that they hesitate just a smidge because they may be looking to pass before they shoot, and that allows the other team to get into the shooting lane. Yeah. So Phil would wholeheartedly agree with Al. I would maintain, though, of their 81 shot attempts, they had plenty of scoring chances in there. Kakinen was very good in the game last night. He was. Chief disagreed a little bit. I saw Chief. He was coming in the booth as I was walking out. I said I thought they generated chances lightning. He's like, ah. You know, like they shot it right at him. Or, you know, like he didn't. He's like, did he really have to make any 10 bellers? right, I'll defer to the goaltender there. But. The Lightning definitely had some good looks. Maybe they missed the net on some of their best looks, but Yeah. Those count as attempts. I mean they when do. you're when you're counting the 81 attempts, those count. See, Al would just
1: reading this tweet. He thinks there is more of a systemic problem with the overpassing and missing of the net. Yeah. And I, well, I don't. I mean, look. I, I've always maintained teams who are highly skilled. There's always going to be a degree of overpassing. I think right. that's just kind of what they do. You take that with. They also can be pretty efficient when it comes to making plays and score. I mean, there's a trade-off there. That that doesn't the the overpassing. I understand where Phil gets frustrated. Fans get frustrated. I understand that. I'm I'm not disagreeing with that necessarily. Do I think that has prevented the Lightning from winning more games over the last three years? No. And my evidence is two Stanley Cups and one Stanley Cup final. But I understand that that can be annoying. I don't think it's preventing them from... It's not... Dave, let's put it this way. It's not holding them back, Mm -hmm. I don't think. I would have a much bigger discussion about maybe defending and turnovers than I would their overpassing if you're giving me reasons as to why maybe the Lightning
0: would lose a game here and there that they shouldn't. Well, let's keep in mind that that Phil never met a shot he didn't like as a player. True. I mean, it was a one year he had over 500 shots on net. So that is ingrained in him. The Lightning are not quite built that way. And as you remember, Greg, when we had Kevin Woodley on, Yep. who looks at all of these different trends and analyzes them. It's kind of a goaltending specialist in terms of looking at goaltending, but he also covers the Vancouver Canucks. And he said something really interesting, if you recall, Greg. He said that most teams now are opting for quality over quantity, with a couple of notable exceptions. Florida is one, and the Panthers lead the NHL in average shots taken per game. Carolina is another. Their team, they love to funnel pucks to the net. Right. I would say Calgary is another with Daryl Sutter. They're a very meat and potatoes type team, right? And they will get pucks to the net, and and if it if it doesn't go in, maybe they get a rebound or they create a scramble play. But at least according to Kevin, more often now, teams are looking for a higher quality shot, and maybe. Part of that is tied to how good the goaltending has been and how skilled the players are. That you can make a skill play to create a better look at the net. So it's not just the lightning. And the flip side of that, like sometimes you talk to the broadcaster, the people that I see the most frequently, and they'll speak the most plainly as opposed to hearing a coach or a player talk about it. But I remember having conversations sometimes with broadcasters who who were calling games for teams that had a lot of shots. And like, our shots are garbage. Like, that's the other side of the coin, right? Like, a wrist shot from the top of the circle just to get it to the net has a very low percentage likelihood of going in the net. Maybe the goalie right. makes a save and covers it. So... That's the trade-off, right? So are you going for quality over quantity or quantity over quality? (laughs) And I guess it all depends on the team and the philosophy of the coach and and how he wants his his team to operate. But you know what you call a play in which an extra pass is made? What we call an extra pass. What we call a play in which a player has an opportunity to shoot doesn't shoot, makes the pass instead, and that pass leads to a goal, you know what we call that? A great play. That's what we call it, right? Yeah. Great pass, great finish. I'm
1: selfish No. I, exactly. No. Well, right, yes, right. all of that. Right.
0: Now, when the pass doesn't lead to a goal and the player chose not to shoot, then we hear the flip side. They passed up an opportunity. They're trying to pass it into the net. The Lightning have been operating this way, to your point, really during this era of Lightning hockey. They've had high skill players, and they don't really look to just funnel pucks to the net. They look to make plays. And sometimes that does lead to, quote-unquote, overpassing. But you know what? Sometimes it leads to plays that are able to be finished with a much higher likelihood of the puck going in the net.
1: And and let's be clear. Because the
0: goalie's out of position because you made a great play.
1: And those players who do have a tendency to overpass, if that's where you want to go, I think they also understand when the games mean the most in the playoffs, that any shot is a good shot. Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, they grasp that. You're a little less risky in the postseason than you are in the regular season. Although it's nice to go to that toolbox, if you have to, where you can create something. It's why I've been so complimentary of what the Lightning are able to do because they have skill and the talent to beat a team that works hard because they work hard as well. You know, I've been critical of the Islanders over the years when they get into the playoffs because sometimes they don't have the creativity or the offensive prowess to win a game, maybe when they need to. The Lightning do. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because they have players who can do those things that other players can't. But in the playoffs, make no mistake, if Kucherov has an opportunity to shoot the puck, I think more times than not, he'll do that. Basil says, I've said this before, and it's odd, sometimes it seems when the Bolts are playing their best, they have trouble scoring. I don't know if that is true or not. I, I cannot yeah. give a an opinion on that. That is more of a Basil feel, if you have a feel for that and and that's your observation,
0: more power to you. Well, the opposite then would also be true, I guess, that when they are scoring a lot, they're not at their best, right? And I can definitely tell you there have been games when they've been not at their best and they have had trouble scoring. That game in Toronto comes to mind. Uh They lost, what was it, 4-1 with two empty netters, but they had a hard time generating anything in that game. The Lightning are a talented enough offensive team that if they generate chances, they, they score enough. Last night, right. they needed one more goal. And the John Cooper metric of you hold the other team to two or less, you're going to win most nights. Once it becomes more than two, the outcome hangs in the balance. And that happened last night, but they didn't give up three goals through regulation because they were like swimming upstream the whole game. There were a couple of isolated plays that allowed the Sharks to capitalize, and that happens sometimes. That's hockey, right? I agree. Yeah,
1: for sure. Baz also says, following up on Dave's comments on Carlson's goal, the same thing happened in the October game in San Jose. He yes. The face off. Bolts never came out, and he just shot it past Vassie. Uh
0: Good memory. Yeah. yeah, Carlson had he had two goals in that first meeting. Yeah. There was 3-3 three, three with a minute to go and Kucherov scored to to win the game for the Lightning. Yeah. Incredible. But Carlson is first of all, he's healthy, and maybe that's the first of all, second of all, and third of all. It's kind of like with Stampkos, right? When Stampkos finally got healthy, we saw his game elevate again. Eric Carlson is now healthy. And we're seeing the results. He's up to what 69 points now. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. He's really having a heck of a year, for sure. What a pass, though, To or not though. What a pass to Meyer in overtime. Yeah. It's what elite players can do.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why you have them on the team. Chris Krenn had a stat here. Uh, Kucherov now. He's got 75 points. The only player in Lightning history to post 70-plus points in the first 50 games played of a season.
0: Including him, right? Yeah. The, the year that he won the scoring title. Yeah. He doesn't seem that he's on pace to eclipse that mark, but I guess either he is or he got super hot in that eighteen nineteen season, more hot yeah. and racked up a lot of points in the last third of the season, essentially. Right. This year he's got seventy five points, Dave. In eighteen nineteen he had seventy nine through fifty games. So he's four four points. Oh, okay, back. so it's the same person. So that's why Chris had that stat. Yeah, he's done it twice. Okay. Uh, four year, or what is it? Five or four years ago, and then this year. Did you know, Greg, that eighteen nineteen was the last year that Braden Point scored thirty goals or more? Really? Because I had seen that he, when he was at twenty nine and he scored two last night. so yeah, right. Now he's at thirty one. I had seen that he had done it twice before. I'm like, huh? What, what were those years? And I, I knew he had done it in eighteen nineteen, but he did, did he it hit forty in, 40? in seventeen 40? eighteen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he had a great offensive year that right, year. Right. But in the 1920 season, which admittedly was 70 games, but he didn't hit 30. He didn't hit it in the 56-game season, which I guess is understandable. And he didn't hit it last year either. During the regular season, I'm talking That is about. amazing. Yeah.
1: Do you look at him as a pure goal scorer?
0: What do you mean by pure goal scorer? Yeah, pure like goal he scorer can't, is more of like you know, it's like He Won't goats. get assists or his shot is his biggest weapon. His speed is his biggest I weapon. I think so too, yeah. So that means that he can score himself or he can set up his teammates, but it all is predicated on his ability right. to to fly, right. essentially. And fly with the puck. Which he does extremely well. Yeah. Maybe better than anybody next to Connor McDavid. I mean, yeah. Is that fair? And and maybe the guy coming in tomorrow, McKinnon. Yeah, he can fly. He only has 14 goals this year. I know, I know. Now, he's been hurt for a little while. But I saw that I saw that sack cuz he scored last night. Like he only has 14 goals?
1: Yeah. They've had a lot of including him injury issues. Right. I mean, Evan Rodriguez, I think is playing in the in their top 6.
0: Having a pretty good year, but He always has a good year. He had a good year for Pittsburgh last year, didn't he? You're a big Evan Rodriguez fan, aren't you? I've always liked the guy. I don't understand why he bounces around so much. I like him in Buffalo. That's like one of those things. And he played for bad teams in Buffalo. Right. But
1: to me, that's always interesting. You get a guy who's pretty productive. Why is he bouncing from team to team?
0: I mean, it's not like he's old either. No. Look, had the Penguins been able to beat the Rangers in game seven last year, didn't Rodriguez score a shorthanded goal in that game? He did. To give Pittsburgh the lead yeah. going also, into the third? He also took a penalty, though, that allowed, I think, the Rangers to get back into that game. So, so he canceled it out. So he finished even then, right? That's right. He gave and he, he took I it. I know. Away. I like him. I mean, especially for what you were paying him. I think it was like a
1: million dollars. Yeah. You know? Interesting.
0: Well, Colorado had some departures last year, right? Yeah. Notably Kadri, but also Burkowski. They needed. They needed to. And Nico Sturm, right? I don't know that Rodriguez is playing on the fourth line like Nico Sturm, but you think Sturm is a guy that is going to be dealt? Well, we were looking him up last night because it occurred to me like maybe he will get dealt, but he's got two years left on his current contract.
1: At that so contract the term, was.
0: the term might be difficult, and the Sharks may want to hold on to him. Like they signed him as a free agent to a three-year deal. So clearly they liked him, and he's yeah. played well for them this year. Yeah, he has. Like when we talk about the Sharks' penalty kill being so good, Nico Sturm is in the middle of that. He came in over 56% on faceoffs, and he's one of their top penalty killers. Yeah. But if you were to ask me, would Nico Sturm be a guy that teams might covet at the deadline as a depth forward, I would say yes. Unequivocally yes. The Avalanche did it last year. They acquired him from Minnesota. Yeah, In part because they had a real problem in the face-off circle. That was really their one Achilles heel last year during the regular season. And they wanted a guy who was good on face-offs, which Nico Sturm is. Face-offs. Everybody's looking for face-offs. Well, we makes saw sense. last night, if you can win a shorthanded handed face-off on the penalty kill at the beginning of that power play for the other team, it makes a huge difference. Heck yeah. There's
1: no doubt about it. I think that's an area where the Lightning could not only upgrade, but just a little more insurance. I think you never have enough of that. And I you also want to know what's affordable. You know, is that going to be, if they were to make a move, getting a face-off guy, more depth? Is that some something a little more attainable for Tampa Bay.
0: Well, let me ask yeah. you, though, Greg, because the Lightning have done so well in the circle for the last couple of months, do you think that that's less of a concern? I'm going to look it up right now and tell you where they are. They're 10th right now, 51.8%. <sighs> I... And where they started the year, that tells you how much better they've been in the last few months. Yeah. Or you still I know. think it's a, they it's need... it's a good question. It's they a good need, question. like, a Jay Beagle going back a few years or an Antoine Vermette, who was always terrific... I mean, you're not going to get, like, the top guys, whether it's Bergeron or, you know, yeah, Claude Drew. I mean, those would be blockbuster deals. Bergeron's not going anywhere. But you know what I'm saying. You're looking for more of a depth forward who also happens to be very, very yeah. good on face-offs. Luke Glendenning was a guy for a number of years. was like a fourth-line center but was as close to money on face-offs as, as you would see. Sure. That's the sort of player that you're talking about. And I guess I'm wondering, is that less of a concern now for the Lightning? Because they've done well on face-offs these last couple of months. You know, it's funny. I think
1: face-offs are one of those positions where you probably, you can never have enough of. And so if you kind of stockpiled that part of the, the team on your roster, I don't I don't think I'd have a problem with it. I, it obviously, a lot of it would depend on what, what are you giving up? Mm-hmm to get it but if somebody said you know what the lightning are going to address their their face offs just a little bit more depth there would you be okay with that i think i would i wouldn't have a problem with that is that their most pressing need no I don't, what is their most pressing need i i still think bottom six mm-hmm. maybe that ties in colton score yeah, well, you know do you feel like he's starting Less to heat net. up a little bit and he also missed the net a little bit too last yeah night. well Probably he missed the one in the
0: power play yeah, for, for sure, sure. yeah but he has goals in two of the last three because he scored against the Kings I know right, a right. while ago before the break. I feel like he's maybe starting to heat up at the right time for his game. Yeah. He's going to need to get on this horse if he wants to reach 20 goals again because he's yeah. at 11 right now. Right. But it's doable. I mean. You get hot. Right. Yeah.
1: At Bolts Radio. We kind of addressed this, but maybe we'll dive into it a little bit more. This comes from Dale. He said, guys, if Paul's out for an extended period of time, who takes his place?
0: Well, if it's an extended period of time, they could put him on long-term injury, and then you could call up somebody from the minors. And then you can make a big trade. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going that far. (laughs) But if it's not long-term injury, you still have to adhere by the restrictions of the salary cap. Will the Lightning go potentially 11 and 7 moving forward until Paul is able to come back? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Actually,
1: that's a good point. I uh,
0: maybe they do. Maybe they do. It's kind of where you would want
1: the the Vlad Nemestikovs who you're hoping could yeah. elevate his play would slide in to a scenario like that, and maybe you wouldn't miss too too much. But it just you know again, this is where the and what did Steve say even before Rudy Balser? <laughs> is mm-hmm. this the Rudy Balsters opportunity? Don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll find
0: out a little bit more tomorrow. Do we I know you mentioned Cooper didn't have an update really, but And the the team has the day off today. Yeah. They always have the day off after a back to back. Right. The the third day is always a day off. I can't For remember sure. ever seeing a practice day after the team played a back to back. So we'll learn a little bit more maybe. At the skate tomorrow, look, we were feeling a little worried. It, it seemed ominous when Maroon got hurt in that game in Calgary. It was, wasn't it? And then he didn't miss a game. He came back the next game. So, who knows? We'll we'll have to wait and see. I'm just telling you that Cooper's response, the the one word answer. Do you have an update on on Nick Paul? No. Was less forthcoming than than he has been in other similar situations when the player wasn't really overly banged up yeah
1: time will tell time will tell we'll see how this uh, all plays out but uh, as we said the injuries can be a great equalizer when it comes to talent and two teams going against one another so dale appreciate it we don't know um that much but when we do we certainly will pass it along uh, we do. We do want to give a shout out to uh, a loyal listener, partner, who was in the mm-hmm. booth with us last night, Nishara Mcleeb. Am I my pronunciation yeah. correctly? I hope I yeah, am. Yeah,
0: she gave me her pronunciation a couple of times. Did I nail it? She said she listens Nishara? to the show. Gosh, boy, was she nice. And her husband, mm-hmm.
1: they were right in there in the. They booth. wanted
0: to see a goal, and they did see a goal. <laughs> it got taken off the. <laughs> it board. got they taken were in the away. Second period. Yeah. It got taken away for sure. They came up for the wrong period. They should have yeah. been up in the first period. But no, we can't no, yeah. predict these things, right? <laughs>
1: we can't. We cannot. Um, but we thank her and her husband for hanging with us in the booth. And she took some pictures
0: and mm-hmm. went viral a little bit. You know, Steve told me that, uh, that he's seeing some numbers, and our audience, to the extent that you can track these things, and one way is through downloads. Because you don't have to listen to us live, although we love it when people listen live and they can interact in real time. Yeah. But you can always listen after the fact. It's in podcast form. You can download it. But Steve was telling me we've had some really positive trending numbers. So we appreciate it, folks. Tell your friends, tell other Lightning fans about us. Like I said, I think it's pretty easy to find us now (laughs) with that. Yeah. With the new app. Now, that would not affect. Uh, the download capability, and you can find us on on any platform where you're. Listen to me using the verbiage. I guess I've. I've you been are. To you you're and now, Steve. You have enough. You have <laughs> enough experience. <laughs> any now. of your favorite <laughs> podcasting <laughs> platforms, right? Uh, so we're we're just everywhere. Yeah. Just pick pick your pick your ice cream flavor. You know, you want to listen to us live. You want to right? you listen to us after the fact. You want to download us. Whatever.
1: Well, I'm glad people are are finding us, and
0: yeah they're listening to us well let me ask you this and this yeah, isn't toot our own horn Please, but dude. if we, I mean, we if we want to toot them. our own horn we can yeah. like is there another show that is providing this level of in-depth analysis relating to the lightning other than the other shows that we have on this channel i'm not sure that there is no i would in agree this with you. medium like the audio medium i mean i would agree with you I mean, the Not Lightning me the lightning digital team, they do a fantastic job, and Bally puts on some great features as well. In this setting, where you're talking Lightning a, yeah, every like, day,
1: knocking it out of the park, right? And the audio,
0: interviews. kind of the audio format, yeah, which for is, sure. it's at a different pace. You know, it's more conversational, probably, than than those other video-related features. But
1: The only thing that would compare would be if we could find, like, a, a loop version of Phil Esposito asking questions to players
0: during the intermission. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking before we I went on the it. air yesterday about yeah. a root canal that I had several years ago. And I guess the question is, what does Phil enjoy less? <laughs> a root canal <laughs> or talking to players after the first period. You know what? I think it that's a little... you know, I think it's the the player interview because actually the root canal that I had was really not unpleasant at all. Do they like knock the you exper- out? Did they knock you out for that? No. 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 I think I think actually I've gotten a crown as well. The crown was was way yeah. more of a a process and a procedure than the root canal. Wow! So they they clearly have perfected that because that was the only root canal I've ever had. So I uh, I went to the dentist today. That's why we were talking about yeah. it. I think you mentioned going to the dentist. Yep. I don't. Like are, going you, to are you are you in dentist. the clear? Or yeah, I'm you good. Open?
1: Yeah, it was just a it was a good clean. You yeah, know? everything was fine. Knock on wood. I don't you know no cavities. But I, I just I don't like going. Does anybody yeah. like going to the dentist? Do you think?
0: Well, a shout out to longtime lightning team dentist Sam Caranti, yeah who he I don't know that he's ever going to retire. he's cut back on his hours, but when I had the problem with my tooth that eventually needed the root canal, I was seeing a a different dentist closer to my home, and I reached out to Bill Wick, and I'm like, "I got a problem here. He's like, "See Sam." so Sam set me up, got me in the same day, yeah and Basically said, yeah, you have a problem here. <laughs> Let's see if we can fix it without the root canal. Kind of gave me a stopgap fix, but eventually now, needed the root canal. But I love seeing Sam. So that's a, an advantage of going to the dentist for me personally. But, yeah, yeah, sitting in the chair and getting your teeth cleaned and having to chomp down on those uh, those bites, the x-rays. I always, I always have a little... I don't mind the
1: x-rays. That. It's just the... You know, the the tools getting in there and scraping. Yeah. And I, I some you know, people they like have a real
0: th- aversion to that. But yeah,
1: you know, you know what I, I always found odd is I'm at the dentist, you've got my mouth open, you're cleaning my teeth, then you're asking me questions. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like the equivalent of, and they're getting better at this, by the way. The referees allowing a broken stick to lay on the ice without picking it up. I feel like the
0: referee pick up the stick last night and then call the penalty with the stick in the raised hand. Yeah. That was impressive. By the way, this is the exactly the exactly the kind of hard hitting lightning content that we just promoted. Well, right? You know. Greg so, and me sharing our story. Sometimes about you going need to, to you know, dentist. peel the curtain back. I know.
1: You know, kind of see what's going on here and, and that's kind of what we do.
0: But yeah, you know,
1: that's Kind of where we are right now,
0: but I'm glad that your teeth got a they are good of health
1: good they are good, they are good, and uh we'll be back at it again, ready to go tomorrow. Can't complain about my breath tomorrow, so it'll be uh ready to roll uh, tomorrow. the lightning back in action, and then they have this road trip coming up that's kind of looming in the background that's gonna be a little bit challenging not only with the teams but you know different time mm-hmm. zones and i I think anytime you go on the road and look, with where the lighting are this year on the road, there is a, a little bit of a trend here. Yeah. And so I think that's why tomorrow's game, and we thought, I did at least, that Florida coming out of the All-Star break was going to be one where they could get right into the, the thick of things and and feel pretty good and, and shake off that rust because of the opponent. Didn't really happen. I thought they were better. I think we both agreed in the, the Sharks game. But now they've got this Colorado game, partner, where, you know, you... Like to to maybe get a W against a really good team, you know, before you go on that road trip.
0: Don't want to get into this trend of, you know, maybe losing three or four, four or five. No, they're going to have high urgency tomorrow. I mean, that Florida game, they were taking on a team that was desperate for points, and they were coming in having one three straight. Now yeah. they, they have a two-game winless skid. Although the Avalanche, the West is weird. The Avalanche are holding the second wild card right now. But as Phil pointed out, like not only are they holding the second wild card, they're also tied for third place in their division. <laughs> so like it could swing any which way for them. To, they need to get points, essentially. They're actually tied with Calgary. Calgary's right now out of the playoff picture in that they are below the playoff cut line. Right. but the avs hold that second wild card cuz they played two fewer games. They like Colorado understood at the halfway point they needed to get going and they are 7-2 and 1 in their last 10 but they did blow a one nothing lead last night to the penguins and you know it's rare for them to at least in past years it was rare for them to lose a game that they had a lead in the third period. Yeah, we thought... last night. They got they a point, but... They did. We thought the Lightning
1: losing to the Sharks last night was shocking. I think that was a little shocking for Colorado last night, considering the start they had against Pittsburgh. It was like 15-2. Yeah, to they two. were shooting them 13-2 to
0: two or yeah, something Yeah, it was crazy. Like that, right? It was just some unbelievable... And you had Casey DeSmith as the netminder for, for Pittsburgh, so... Look, Coop was asked about, you know, rematch of the Stanley Cup final, and he said, look, neither team is winning the Stanley Cup on Thursday. He said... But both teams really want the game, right? <laughs> and and uh, he kind of made it sound like get their game in order for the playoffs. Colorado is in a much more precarious spot than the Lightning in terms of their standings position. But, I mean, the Lightning are aware that they are facing in their next three games Colorado, Dallas, Colorado. And Coop did say a lot of people feel that may be the matchup in the Western Conference Final. For that to happen, one of those teams, that would have to be Colorado, would have to be one of the wild card teams because they're in the same division. So for them to meet in the conference final, that would mean that Colorado would have to be one of the wildcard teams and then get to the other division, basically, and Dallas would, would play in the Central Division. But, I mean, that's what Coop thinks of those two teams. So the Lightning have a big challenge here coming up. And Vegas, Vegas is in first. I was thinking about it. The Lightning have played four games in Vegas. They are two and two. I'm not sure that they played particularly well in any of those four games. Like, they kind of won the two games they won. Kind of how San Jose won the game last night. I mean, not exactly the same, but Vegas really carried play. That has been a tough building for the Lightning in a very short sample size, of course. So we'll see what happens at the end of the trip. Yeah. The Lightning want to get off to a good start, which they've mostly done on some of these, even when they haven't done well on three and four game trips in terms of like maybe they finish one and two or they finish two and two. They haven't start the trip well. But that would mean that they're going to have to take care of business against the Stars on Saturday afternoon. But before that, I do think they want to finish this brief two-game homestand on a good note. And they should have some extra motivation seeing the Avs for the first time, even if it's not a playoff game or Game 6 in the Stanley Cup Final like, yeah. like last summer. I think the Lightning should have their, their emotions engaged for this you game think? tomorrow. You I would, would think. think so. I would yeah.
1: think. We're going to be all over it, for sure. We'll have that coverage for you. Glad you're listening to us. We appreciate that. Get those questions in at Bolts Radio. Mission. and I will be back at it again tomorrow noon to 1, and then we'll be breaking down Lightning and abs. Should be a fun one. Partner, great job. We'll do it again tomorrow. Talk to appreciate you Appreciate you. Thanks, Steve Versnick. Thanks to you for listening. I am Greg Linelli. You've been listening to Power Lunch on Lightning Radio.